This is episode 39 of the Deeper Than Work podcast, and today's topic is why being underpaid is costing you more than just money. And I could not wait to talk about this. I have a very special guest who's going to join in the conversation with me today. But a few months ago, I pulled my podcast um a few months ago, I pulled my Facebook group to talk about, you know, to figure out if they'd be interested in this topic. And I asked them and the response was overwhelming. We know that being underpaid costs us money, right? If you should be making 100000 and you're only making 35000 obviously that's costing you money. But what about the other cost? What are, what are the other implications of not being paid what it is you're worth? And we're going to dive into that today with our guest. I'm so excited to have him on. I think that the conversation that we had is just going to, it's going to blow your mind. Like, I feel like this is something that if you haven't thought about before, it's really going to open up some aha moments for you and really make you think about, you know, the cost the additional cost of not going out there and making sure that you are being being paid what you're worth. I know you're going to enjoy this episode. As always, you can find the show notes at yourcareergirl.com slash blog slash episode 39. And let's get into it. Why being underpaid is costing you more than just money. If you feel like you're not being paid what you're worth. If you don't know where to start, you don't know how to ask, you don't know how to research, you don't know what to do, you're feeling stuck, Listen to this episode. This episode is for you. Welcome to Deeper Than Work, a podcast for high achieving and ambitious women ready to make more money, have more impact and thrive at work and life. And now here's your host, Dorianne St. Fleur, HR expert, career coach and breaker of glass ceilings. This episode is brought to you by Studio, a company that wants to revolutionize the way people see headphones as not just a tech device, but also an accessory. To receive a 15% discount off your next Studio purchase, head on over to studio.com and use the discount code YourCareerGirl at checkout. Today's guest is none other than Mr. Nemo Ashong. Nemo is a former colleague of mine. I worked with him for about a year or so. And when I tell you he is unlike anyone else you've ever met, I'm not exaggerating. Nemo is the chief possibility coach and the founder of Empjoyment. And his goal and his unique gift is really to help people discover, embrace, and leverage their unique strengths and talents. He wants you to pursue possibilities that are worth creating, whether it be your impossible goals, your moonshots, you know, really striving for that impact. He wants to help you get to your sense of joy and fulfillment through employment. And I just love his mission, what he stands for, his energy, and I know you're going to love it too. So we are going to dive into this topic today. And of course, all of the links that we talk about you can find them in the show notes. Head on over to yourcareergirl.com slash blog slash episode 39. And let's get into it. 
So I am so excited for our guest today. Um, you all may not have heard of him, but I have had the pleasure of working with this guest for, um, I think it's been, I think it was about, ended up being like two years, a year, a year, a year and a half maybe. Um, but just an amazing energy, amazing knowledge, and I'm so excited. So without further ado, we have Mr. Nemo Ashong from Empjoyment. He's going to explain a, a little bit about what that is. We're going to talk about the, non-financial implications of being underpaid. We're going to talk about belonging, knowing your worth, so much, so much information we're going to dive into today. Uh, but before we do that, Nemo, why don't you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your background, what brings you here today, and then let's get into it. Awesome. Dorian, it is an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you so much uh, for having me here. And I'll be happy to share my, my story, my journey. I think to kind of frame everything here, the big thing is that I'm right now on a mission. I'm on a mission to bring together a truly inclusive and empowered world. And for me, like I get a lot of questions whenever I say truly inclusive. People kind of turn their head a little bit to the side. They're like, what do you mean by that? Uh, so what, what that boils down to is to help people celebrate and value the things that make them different, their unique gifts, their unique talents in the world. And I'll get into that a little bit later on. But um, generally speaking, uh, that's that's a journey that I think I've been on my entire life, and I hadn't really realized it. Um, I had spent uh, my professional world, I started out in consulting uh, as an actuary. And uh, one of the interesting things there was that whenever I told people I was an actuary, they're like, really, you? Well, oh, you're like, you have so much personality. You love talking to people. I'm like, there are actuaries out there like that too. And I'm like, and that's what's going to make me be awesome. I, mean, I can do all the math stuff. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, it's uh, it's uh, they price insurance. That's generally what they do. Um, but I can do all the math stuff that they that normally normally is done with actuaries, and I can do all of my stuff on top of it. Um, I did that for about six years, and you know, just to be really honest with you, because I choose to hide nothing and hold nothing back, so why not practice it now? Um, I kept getting feedback that I was really great at all the extracurricular things that I was doing, um, uh, learning and development, things along those lines. Uh, but when it was like, when it came down to being an actuary, they're like, we want you to be more of an actuary. And eventually it kind of clicked to me. I'm like, well, if I'm getting all this feedback that I'm awesome, you know, <laughs> and these things that like I'm spending extra time, nights and weekends and doing all these extra work for, why don't I just go and do that? So uh, that ended up with me uh, switching jobs to working at a tech company um, and really just having what I call two years of bliss there. I got to focus on uh, global company culture, uh, global uh, community, and also diversity and inclusion while, while I was out there. And the diversity and inclusion part is always a little interesting to me because I see things, like, like I say, I define it very differently than a lot of other people do. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it, all that work uh, got me to a place where I was A, as I said, two years of bliss. Uh, I was doing the work that I really felt I was meant to do. It was, uh, and I was also given the space to do it in my way, leveraging the things that um, that came most easily to me. Um, and my wife, after about two years of there, my wife got an opportunity through her company to move to Singapore. And um, you know, we were living in New York. Life was great. You know, I had th things were were really looking good for us. Uh, and then she had this opportunity to come up and. She supported me in, in my entrepreneurial activities that I had been uh, pursuing up until that point. And I knew for her, the big thing for her was travel. And I'm like, well, now we have the opportunity to both have our dreams come to life. Uh, and so we ended up moving out to Singapore. We've been out here for uh, about nine months now where we get a chance to uh, 
she gets to continue working on her uh, in her role. Uh, and I'm, I'm now full time as an entrepreneur and we're traveling all throughout Southeast Asia and the APAC region uh, every three to four weeks. So life right now is pretty awesome. 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 It's such such a journey that you've been on. And I think a theme that I'm hearing um, that you talked about is this idea of, you know, tapping into what you do well and being yourself and being inclusive and doing all those things to you. So we're going to talk a little bit later about inclusivity and what does that mean? I'd love to hear about the time that you spent in diversity, inclusion, etc. We'll talk about that. But for now, our topic today is really about, you know, why being underpaid is costing you more than just money. I think a lot of times we assume that, of course, I want to get paid more money because I want, I want more of it. Like I want a bigger bank account and I want to be able to, to have money to spend on things and travel and do all of the things that I want to do. And while that's true, obviously, the more you make, the more you can do with it, right? The more you have to spend. But there are a lot of, you know, non-financial implications that, that happen when you stay underpaid. And I know this topic really came you know, just very organically for us. We were talking about something else <laughs> and we kind of stumbled onto this. And I just thought it was really important for us to really let people understand, especially the women who are listening to this podcast right now, to just understand holistically, you know, what happens when you're not stepping into your work and when you're not fighting for yourself and doing what you need to do. So, you know, before we get into your views and, and what you think are some of those non-financial implications and those costs of being underpaid, why is this topic even important to you? Why is this something that people should pause their lives right now and, and take a listen to what it is we, we have to say? Yeah, absolutely. For me, this is uniquely important because of my mission, right? I said earlier, I'm out there to help people celebrate and value the things that make them different. And this value in part is really where it comes to me when it gets to being underpaid because on a personal level, in terms of where, where, why I'm so deeply passionate about this here and I get so deeply emotionally invested in this uh, is because it's a direct reflection of how someone views their worth mm. and views the value of, of their worth. And to me, the, uh, the monetary portion right there, I look at it as uh, a measure of the value that you're adding in the world. It's, it's just, it's a reflection of that, you know? Um, and when I get into conversations with people that aren't really owning up to that full amount of what they're worth there, it's, it has a real visceral effect on me. Mm -hmm. It has a real visceral effect on me. So uh, it's why I've dedicated my life toward this kind of stuff here to see like, okay, how do we help you see how amazing you really are? And to make sure that you are getting what, what, what you're worth. You know, even when I'm working with entrepreneurs, I'll go out there and like, are we pricing things in the way that is actually reflective of the value that you're, you're providing on a regular basis? So this is something that is, uh, that is incredibly important to me. I'm really happy we get a chance to discuss it. Yeah. Yeah. When, when this idea of, you know, the amount of money that you're being paid is a reflection of your value. Let's dig into that a little bit, because I think I totally agree with what you're saying. I also think that, it's like a double-edged sword, right? Because truthfully, we can never get as paid as much as we're worth and how much impact just because we're priceless, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. There's really there's no amount of money that someone can tell me is how much impact and how much value I have. However, we do live in a world where things cost money 
right? And so we need to be able to afford whatever lifestyle it is that we want to have for ourselves. And so we should be pushing to get top dollar for where we are. So there's really, to me, like a, a little dance, like it's a fine line between the two. What are your thoughts of, of, around that? Like around, because I want people obviously to go after as much money that they can make and really push the envelope. But I also don't want them to get like self-worth wrapped up into the, how much money they make. So it's like a, mm. it's, like a it's like a line, it's like a contradictory type of idea. I'd love to hear what you think about that. Yeah. Well, I'm happy you brought that up. I think it's a really great point and a really great distinction to make. I think that the, the self-worth portion comes, it comes more from a place of confidence for me. Um, and, and knowing that knowing the value that you bring. Yes. If there, if there are caps, if there are, um, bands in which the salary ends up being like this, it's not, it's not about, um, playing a game that's trying to exceed that. Um, but I also think it also falls into the roles that you take on mm. um, and, and the way that, that you play your game. So let me put it this way. I think for me, for me the, uh, the order is not I get paid and then that shows my worth or, that shows that, or I get paid a certain amount and now I bring out my value mm-hmm. you know, or, or I add additional value because now this is where I'm at. Um, this is just something that from my first job ever, um, kind of got ingrained in me in the sense of it again becomes a reflection. So you're adding, you're adding tremendous value to the organization, whatever role you're in. Uh, and the natural reflection of that is, uh, is the the salary that comes along with it. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, uh, I think that it continues on with the individual and the individual can have that opportunity of knowing, okay, I was adding value at a certain level prior to this year. And, I've actually stepped that up in different in different ways, and as such, it would not be unreasonable for the salary to also uh, reflect the, the additional value that I'm bringing to the organization. Mm-hmm. So it's less of a self worth uh, aspect because there's so many different components that are involved in that. Like, um, but rather uh, a place of like knowing how you're contributing to the organization and knowing knowing that the contribution can come first. And the reflection of the salary comes uh, can come as a as a baseline against that. Yeah, yeah. So to me, what I heard there is like you, you know, you know that you what you bring to the table. You know that you have so much to offer. You go out and do it. You do it well. You're ambitious. You're all of that. And so yes, you're going to demand to be paid. You know that paid at a level that reflects all of that value reflects what it is you bring to the table. And as you grow, as you sow into yourself and you invest in yourself and you learn and you grow and all of those things that your money should be growing <laughs> as well. Yeah. And it, I think and you made a distinction here that I want to make sure I call out, especially because, um, well, let me just call it out. You said, uh, you know what you're worth and then you go out there and you show it. I think that's that's the difference, right? Uh, I have a, I, one of my values that I follow is demonstrate your value. Mm-hmm. Um, demonstrate your value. So knowing, and I see this a lot of time with people that I work with. Like I know that like that I'm worth more. I know that these um, that there's more out there. I should be either given more opportunities or more money. Um, and then the, the question that I like to ask is, well, are you showing them? Mm-hmm. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Because and and the the fun part about this becomes. Uh, when I see this played out, you know, to, like when people really step into that, what ends up happening is that either their organization realizes and reflects that, 
or they've now stepped into providing so much value that if their organization isn't reflecting it, they're like, all right, well, clearly, like clearly what I am doing here and the way that I'm doing it is not valued here. And that's, and the money, the amount of money you're willing to pay me is a, is a reflection of that. I can go somewhere else yes. and do it. Yeah. And it, and it becomes a thing where it isn't, again, they're not coming to another place where they, they're like, I feel that I'm, um, that I'm worth more than this, right? They're going and they're like, this is what I've done. This is what I'm, <laughs> this is what I'm asking for mm-hmm. as it, uh, for you to have the opportunity, the pleasure of, of having this uh, also contribute toward your goals. Yeah. And I think it's, it just changes that, that aspect of, you know, do I believe in myself mm-hmm. to like, no, I know this, I know this to be true. This is, I have a track record of success with this and it's not unreasonable in any shape or form to ask for, something that is um, representative of that track record. Yeah, I love it. And there's this level of confidence because if I'm not, you know, if I'm doing what I need to do, I'm hitting all my goals and I'm asking you for this. And for whatever reason, sometimes it's not like malicious companies, like being in HR. I mean, we know this, right? Companies have budgets, they have bands, they have so many things that they're working with. And so for whatever reason it is, because I know my value, because I know the impact I'm bringing to the table and I know how much I'm worth, I can come from a place of confidence to say, you know what? Well, no hard feelings. I'm going to have to go somewhere else where I can get what it is that I'm looking for. Yeah. That's awesome. So it's really, it's really interesting. You said come from a place. And um, that's one of the distinctions that I, I, I live into where a lot of time I'll talk to people and they're like, well, how do I get to this number? How do I get to this goal of mine? Uh, and one of the distinctions that I like to come from is instead of a goal being a place to get to, it's a place to come from. Mm -hmm. So whatever your number is in mind, right? And like this from like a tactical perspective, whatever your number is for what you believe your salary should be or what you want your salary to be or what you you, you feel the value is that you you offer, it's coming from that place. What would a person in this, that, that demands this salary, what does this person do? How do they add value? If it's if it's outside of what you're doing right now, how do you find opportunities to create those opportunities there? So that it's not just you're doing more work, but you're doing more work that is valuable in the eyes of your employer. Yeah, awesome. That, yeah, that's so. I appreciate you making that calling that out there. It's like come from that place as opposed yeah. to I'm going to get to that place. Exactly. Awesome. Awesome. So kind of, you know, digging a little bit deeper into that, you know, or, or and talking about this idea of coming from a place and, and what the goals are and making all this impact. You know, I talk to a lot of women who are making that impact. They are trying to, you know, come from this place where they, they, they're getting the salaries that they deserve and do the things that they want to do. However, there's like some, this overarching systems or whatever at play, I'm not sure what it is, but you know, and there's statistics that back this up that women are just not getting paid at the same levels of men. You know, their stats are there. People have heard the stats before. Women make 80 cents for every dollar that a man makes. And when you overlay that with ethnicity, black women make 64 cents for every dollar that a man makes. And you know, a lot of black women are listening to us right now 
And I'd love to hear your thoughts on what things can they do specifically? Like, what can they do differently? We talked about, you know, creating that impact for yourself and stepping into your confidence and all of that. But what other things can they do to tilt the odds a little bit more in their favor? They're dealing with this gender wage gap. It's out there. It's things that we're talking about and companies are discussing. What can Black women do differently? I want to make sure that I'm answering this one fully and truthfully here. Mm -hmm. And for me, where this lies is really in being able to see your perspective of the world, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, And being able to own fully into what that is, right? And so from that perspective there, I'll just tell you what's really on my mind. My my real thing is to (laughs) lean, lean, lean far more into who you are and, and, and lean far more into the things that, that work for you. And so uh, for, I'm a conversationalist. Uh, and what I have found th- recently is just in, in addressing things head on, um, calling things out. And I said it a little bit earlier, I hide nothing, I hold nothing back. Uh, and so I specifically create spaces to have these types of, of conversations, these diff- like difficult conversations where uh, we can just have a very honest and open conversation. So from the standpoint of being, being willing to, A, are you willing to engage? Are you willing to engage from the first part? And, and, and in, in that engagement there, are you willing to come in to speak your truth in that moment, right? And, and to know and, and to bring that into, into the conversation. Um, the first part for me when it comes to that there is really setting the agreements, Setting the agreements of what of of, of how that's going to be like. So um, making it making it safe for yourself to speak to, to speak as, as you actually feel the situation is taking place. Um, making it safe for yourself to be able to call out any kind of discrepancies that you're seeing, uh, and also making it safe for the person that's across from you or the people that are involved in the conversation there. Uh, and so a lot of times I'll go into conversations and I'll, I'll say a couple of different things. Like I choose to hide nothing and hold nothing back and I'm here to serve rather than please. Right. And, and I ask, are you comfortable with that? Mm. And in doing so that just that question there allows someone to go out and say, okay, I am now stepping into this world. Right. And, when I say changing the perspective, like that's kind of what I'm, what I'm getting at, where it's like create, create what the environment that you need to be successful in that conversation. So you just brought up, for example, statistics that are up here for you. That's really powerful, you know? And so to be able to come in there and say, Hey, like I'm, I'm going to have this conversation. I brought, I brought some facts. I brought some data I brought about these things here. Um, like, is it okay if, if I present that and can we look at this and say, you know, take, take these facts as, um, as true. And if you have any questions as to the ver- uh, validity of these, these facts the validity of these statistics, can we like just have this agreement that we will openly voice that right here and now. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I'm using that just as a, as a specific example, given how, how you walked in there. Mm-hmm. But this, this aspect of creating the space to have the, the conversation and make it such that whatever one might use against you uh, ends up uh, actually being negated because they agreed to come into it. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that I think is, is really powerful um, and, and it's really owning that space. Mm-hmm. The next part, I think, is in leaning leaning more into what makes you unique, right? And a lot of times, so a lot of times people work very hard to be the best, 
a lot of times people work very hard to be the best. And so for me, I, I see it as a very like crowded marketplace. And if you, if you were like looking from a second floor, floor window, looking into a marketplace with a thousand people and they're like, Hey, I'm on my phone. Can you see me? And we'd be like, I can't, I, I don't know where you are. You know? <laughs> However, if you want, if, if that same marketplace was like midnight and it was, no one else was there and you were looking out there, you would obviously be able to see the person. And I bring that up there from a standpoint of choosing to be different versus choosing to be the best. And this is not an easy decision to make, right? But I have found a lot of times people compete on, on best and, and it actually erodes away from that confidence and also and, and erodes away from the value uh, because it gets to a place of, well, this person has more experience or this person did this project or this person did, you know, something, something or another. And it works from uh, an employer or like, let's say this, the, in terms of the conversation, it, it erodes away from both people's power in that place because you're competing against so many other people. Mm -hmm. um, and it also like erodes from like what you really bring to the table, what they're, what they're really looking at there. Um, and so I often like to go with different. Like this is, this is a, I am the only person who can offer this, mm -hmm. you know, like given, given these things, look at, look at this track record of things that would not have existed had I not been a part of this year. And I, and, you know, I invite people to find those opportunities and to create those opportunities if they're not, if they haven't yet shown up and, and they are looking for, for things like that. Um, but really giving them the chance to change the conversation from a place where, you know what, no one can touch me. You can't compare me to other people here. And so given that here, let's objectively look at what's going on. And given like just changing again, owning that conversation and changing the ways that typically people will come into that because people are ready for best. <laughs> people are ready for like, here goes all the reasons why, why not on the best part. I think that uh, leaning into that um, is, is, is a good place to be. And then the third thing, you asked for a third thing here. And I think that um, for me, where it comes down to is just, is approaching it as you would most other things in your world. Hmm. But approaching it from, a, from like the professional side of that, right? Um, I find a lot of times when, when it comes to having difficult conversations or having, uh, I'm, I don't know if it needs to be difficult. You know, I don't, I don't want to uh, add in like this text of like having a conversation about like being paid is a difficult conversation. Maybe it's the easiest conversation that you'll have. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> like we should, we should definitely make this happen. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but I find a lot of times people enter the conversation and it's like, what do I need to say or who do I need to be so that this person will like agree with me so that this person will see it my way. Um, and there's this, it ends up having a wall from what is actually uh, wants to be accomplished. Um, and so instead I, I end up asking, what if we did the opposite? What if instead of trying to be less of yourself and more of what you thought this person should be, uh, you ended up being more of who you are. So if you are, um, this comes back with the stats. If you're uh, if you're soft spoken and you feel like data proves things for you, then great. Let's let's like lean into that. If you are someone that is that gets to the point, you know, and like and doesn't doesn't um, doesn't mince words, then get then then have that be the way that you do it. Um, but in order to get to that point, that's where the first part came in in terms of actually creating the space, in terms of creating the agreement of like, hi, 
you know, this is a really important conversation for me here. Um, I, like, I'm glad that you set aside the time for it. For this conversation to really have the value and impact for, for both of us here, uh, I'm going to ask that we, um, that I can just speak very freely. And for me, speaking freely, what that means is that I'm not going to hide anything back. I'm not going to mince my words. And we're like, I'd love to just put everything out on the table here uh, and know that we're both coming at this scene this, like, exactly as it is. You know, is that something you'd be okay with? And being able to play from that perspective, so you're not you're not dancing behind um, or, or trying to figure out how to 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 be something you're not or be a version of yourself that you're not in a conversation that for a lot of people is not uh, is, is anxiety driven. It, bring, mm -hmm. it brings up feelings of like of uh, of um, of angst. Yeah. So I, I, I find if you're able to, to embrace more uh, of you and actually set the tone as to what you want the conversation to be like, uh, it opens up it opens up doors and it opens up different different aspects there. Um, and I'm not sure where where the conversations will go, but I think there might be other areas of like are there other areas of flexibility in which you can be compensated. Mm -hmm. My 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 background in uh, as a consultant was in a total rewards group, so like I look at compensation from a number of different lenses. Um, you know, so it's like right, extra time off, things like that, flexible schedule. Um, but really coming in there with that, um, with that in mind, uh, and being able to, to, to play from that, that place. Dorian, would it be okay if I added one more thing? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> uh, and the last thing here, and so, so generally speaking, as, as you can tell, like, this is for me, this is like having a conversation and being able to really set the stage, mm -hmm. stage for it. I think the last part there is uh, having a very clear intention. Um, and uh, where, where I would come with this here is from, from two perspectives. Exactly, what are you looking for from this here? Um, and getting to one or two levels beneath, the, beneath that. So what is the number that you're looking for from a salary perspective? And why is that number important to you? Uh, like, you know, this, this could come out to what is the value that you're offering sure, from the organization standpoint. But I also think it's important for you as the person that's having this conversation to know what does that number represent for you? And like, is that, you know, is that something that's going on in your family? Is it vacations? Is it uh, a deeper opportunity to uh, to experience life? I don't know, what, whatever it is for you, what does that number represent for you? And then I would also, and I like to ask why at least two times and mm -hmm. sometimes three, but like, okay, why is that important to you? And really connect with deeply with your why, because in these kinds of conversations, it's great to A, know what outcome you want, but also to have your own leverage when to, to continue to stand strong um, in the midst of various things that are, that are taking place. And a lot of times people, people are, uh, I'll just say it, you know, uh, my experience, and I'm not a black woman, uh, from my experience, <laughs> but really? I, I have, yeah, so I'm not a black woman, surprise, uh, but like my experience uh, of, of perceptions around that come out to like, are you, are like, are you being too aggressive? Mm -hmm. You know, um, like, are you being too forceful? And mm -hmm. like, I'm just, now I'm just going to come straight out and say it like, um, and quite frankly, A, that's one of the most annoying things that I, that, that I can ever hear. Uh, and I hear it a lot when it, when it comes to women and it's like, ugh. As a manager, I'm looking for you to actually step up and and not uh, and not approach it from that perspective. But I think I think where I wanted to leave the space here is like if if whatever your style is is your style, and you're afraid of having them come back and say, "Well, this person was just too aggressive," like set the stage 
for you to be able to do for that to not be a case there. Set the stage to to agree on like, hey, this is how the conversation is going to go. Hey, if you if you've gotten if you if you feel like this is too much, if you feel like I am like being too upfront about this, I'm going to ask. I'm going to leave it up to you to let me know, right? And then let's have a conversation around that, you know. But like, I know I know what's happening for me. I know I like I know what what I bring to the table, and I don't. I just want to make sure that um, that I that I at least for me the elephant in the room is like sometimes coming out as confident, uh, confident. Uh, it just rubs people the wrong way and they don't know how to handle it. And they, yeah. they they're on this term of aggression and um, it's, it's just not serving. So uh, my general thing is like, how do you create the space and create the agreements of like, I'm going to be me and you may not necessarily love everything that I'm going to say here. Uh, and you may not necessarily love all that. I'm, how I'm going to go about doing it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do it in a professional way, but I'm not going to, I'm not here to make you necessarily happy in this conversation, you know? Um, and I think at the end of the day, this comes down to like, how can we create the space? How can we create the environment? How can we create the agreements? Uh, so such that we can show up exactly as we are and have a, have that conversation from a place of power, because otherwise you're, you walk into the room and you're disadvantaged. Mm -hmm. You walk into the room and like, you know, it's a thirty-six percent, thirty-six percent less pay, right? Mm -hmm. Thirty-six percent. That if we translate that to other things, it's thirty-six percent less of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. You know, and this is a, my thing of saying, how do we bring, bring at least the power scale back to equal, equal, one hundred, one hundred. And I, when you talk, so thank you so much for that, for all of that. And I think especially, it's funny how you wrapped it all up with the bringing up the power because that's what I got from everything you said, like. That's not a normal thing. Well, maybe I'm not going to say it's not normal. Maybe there are people out there doing it. But for the women I speak to, for even, you know, old, the old Dorian, like that's not a, that would, that necessarily wouldn't be a normal conversation to have to come into your manager and be like, I want to set the tone. I want to create this space. I want you to agree with how this conversation is going to go. Those are all very confident statements. And even if you're saying it in a, you know, calm, you know, I just want to set the tone. Like it doesn't have to be forceful and all of that. Mm -hmm. The words in and of themselves denote power. It shows the confidence, all of the things that we talked about earlier. And I think that, you know, that could help the conversation because as you said, this is difficult for a lot of people and a lot of managers, believe it or not, are they're uncomfortable talking about money. They're uncomfortable. I had a client once who told me that when for the, the, the compensation conversation, her manager had a paper in his hand. It was literally the paper was shaking mm. as he was delivering, you know, the numbers. Like some, some people are very nervous. So imagine coming in and setting the stage like, you know, I just want to have a real conversation with you. I've been thinking about some things and I want to make sure that this can be an open environment. Do you agree? Is that okay with you? Like how you're pulling the person in. These are not skills that we necessarily learn all the time. And so I, I really love that you're, you're pushing us to think outside of the box and to think about this and to have this conversation in a different kind of way that connects human to human, right? Person to person and figure out, you know, this is where I'm coming from. This is my point of view. This is why, you know, this, it's more than just, I want more money, but I'm the breadwinner for my family and having X amount more means that we can do X. You know, those sorts of real human conversations, I think 
just takes it to a next level and, and moves it from these stats are out there and these stats are bad and men are getting paid more and all of these things and takes it into a more, you know, palatable place. So I really Absolutely. appreciate you like laying it out in that way. And there's something you brought up here around, around like the way that you brought up power and, but you also were really adept in showing that power does not necessarily mean forceful mm-hmm. or, or like, you know, extreme confidence. Like, and I, and like, that's something that I'm, I'll be honest, I'm now finding that out. Um, one of my things is I'm big on joy, huge on joy, huge on authenticity. Um, and what has been one of the bigger surprises for me is that coming from a place of joy has actually been an incre- one of the most powerful places that I've come from. Uh, and the reason for that there is that people see, they see this guy walking down the street with a smile that is just beaming. Like the number of people who come up and like walk up to me, it's, it's really interesting. Um, and yet from that, from that place of joy, I no longer tolerate things that won't bring me joy. Hmm. And when people, and I, I'm in the middle, if I'm in the middle of a conversation and it does not feel like it's, it, if it's getting boring, I, I call it out. I'm like, hey, I'm not sure if you, you feel it too. But like, <laughs> but like you don't feel some, that way right now. Yeah, yeah no, there's, there's something about that there. I, I like, and, and you know what? If you do, that's cool too. Like, I, honestly, um, there, there's an aspect here, and this is something I haven't talked about, but if we're talking about power and using it for, and really getting into it from, from the standpoint of more than just what most people would think about with it, um, this has been a big journey of mine for the, the past few months here. There's a level of being detached. There's a, one of my mentors, he, he says, needy is creepy. Mm. Needy is creepy. So there's a level of being detached from the result that is really powerful, you know? And so this is, this is where I was coming from uh, earlier, Wade. Um, I haven't demonstrated your value so much that you know that, look, if it doesn't work out here, I'm not trapped. I like, I have other options here. And that just it, it allows for a tone of conversation that doesn't necessarily back your manager into a, a corner. It doesn't make you have to like kind of pull something else out of them. It's like, here goes, here goes what I'm seeing. You know, uh, I, I'm finding that this is what's happening in the marketplace for this, that, and the other. Um, this is where I should be at. And I'm doing these things. Uh, and I know that, you know, if, like, if you can make this happen for me, great. If you can't, great. At least now I know we've had this conversation, yes. you know, uh, but and I say it, Dorian, it's a lot harder than it seems, but I'm going to put it out there just in case it resonates with someone out there. That's just like being able to find this a level, a little bit more uh, detachment from, from the result. Like if there's a lot of pressure of like, this has to work, um, it ends up, it ends up actually making that conversation more difficult in terms of actual success than you would want it to be. Mm-hmm. And that's so I'm gonna I'm gonna put that out there because I I I've really noticed and if you think about it think about like a a little kid a little kid is det- completely detached from the answer they're like hey can I like can we have ice cream no can we have ice cream no can we have ice cream <laughs> I said no can we have ice cream no oh can I have some ice cream okay 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 yes you get it <laughs> right but they're detached from it right they have this level of like I'm gonna ask anyway um, and it's not an easy place to get to. It, it certainly isn't, but like, it's those things that start shifting the presence. It's those things that start shifting the, the tide of the conversation. Uh, and it starts to uh, really allow you to be a leader in that conversation. Mm-hmm. A leader, like I'm going, like I'm going, I'm, I'm heading out, I'm moving forward and I'm getting paid this amount. 
either y'all can pay or someone else <laughs> or can. Someone else. Yeah, you know, uh, and you'll find your way to 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 express it. But I think that there there is that level there. Since we since we started touching a little bit on um, some of the things that aren't necessarily talked about when it comes to power, mm-hmm. both in the sense of like it doesn't need to be um, forceful, uh, but then this other side of it where it's like it's okay if it's a yes or a no, mm-hmm. you know. But I but like I I am no longer going to tolerate not knowing the answer. Yeah, yeah. That's something I talk about with, you know, the women that I speak to, just this idea of being prepared to walk away. So, you know, this idea that it could be no, and there's nothing wrong with you if it's no, there's nothing wrong with the employer if it's no, like, that's just the way things go. And I just love that this conversation about, you know, salary and making more money, it's more than just the tactics, like go research and do this. We know this. I've talked about that before. Go to past episodes. I've spoken about this. This is all about, to me, mindset. It's about perspective. It's about showing up to actually receive and and get these things that you want. It's bigger than the conversation. Once you've made up your mind to your point, Nemo, once you've made up your mind that I'm going to get this amount, I've done my research, I know what I'm worth, I know the value, let's talk about it. All good, no hard feelings if it's not here. I will, you know, not that I'm going to tell you what I'm about to start doing, but I will start (laughs) making my search, you know, at other places. I just, I just love this whole idea of stepping into this and leaning into this and just really, you know, helping and thinking about your perspective. I love it. Awesome. So let's switch gears a little bit. I know we started out saying that, you know, being underpaid, it costs you way more than just money. And I think we've touched on it a little bit because there's a lot of mindset in there. There's a lot of power in there, confidence, all of that. But let's really talk about, you know, the non-financial implications of being underpaid. So we already know the financial ones. You're not able to pay off debt as fast. You can't buy that house that you want. You can't go on as many vacations. We know what it means to not have the dollars actually in your account. But what about other types of, you know, uh, disadvantages, so to speak, with with being underpaid? Would you say, one, would you agree that there are non-financial implications? And if yes, what are some of those? Okay. So yes, I I definitely agree. Um, And this is where I mean, it, it, there there are ripple effects that go deeper into the person uh, and into the people that they interact that that come from this year, right? So we spent a little bit of time talking about like uh, worth, right? And I'm not going to go into that per se, but I think that there's a level of joy, satisfaction, happiness that uh, that is tied to being able to uh, be valued as you truly are, mm-hmm. right? Um, and being valued for the things that that you are great at, you know, um, and having that all kind of come together. And so I see the ripple effects coming out where people end up continuing the either continuing the things that would keep them from having the conversation uh, around like being even or bringing it into other areas of their lives. Mm-hmm. So so where I come from on this here is that like. Others, others perceive this here, right? So there's um, a le- the level of angst that comes along with not having, uh, not having the financial freedom that you really want, right? And how that translates into um, it, daily interactions and really family interactions, 
um, like the, just the, those small things that come up and say, hey, you know, your son or daughter comes up and, and brings something up to you and you're just like a little bit more on edge because you're thinking about how the financial, like what the, either the financial implications are or how this is all going to work financially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're like, like that's a that's an aspect that, that that shows up. So there's your experience of it, and then also your child's experience of it. All right, um, and you know, I'm, it's I'm I'm bringing this up here not as a judgment, but more as just different things to kind of help in that why part of the conversation of like, wait a minute, is like, is it really just a number? You know, is it really just this here? Um, I like to look at things more from like the the glass half full, actually glass 75% full and this half is not good enough for me. <laughs> um, but like the aspect of like, wow, what would it be like if you're, if your child uh, and every person in your family got to, got to see you walking in as the confident, like powerful, um, collected, free and secure. Freedom and security are two sides of the same coin for me. Uh, so both free and secure person, and to have that be what what translates uh, for people as they see it. And it's funny because these kinds of things they don't go out and say, "Oh, this person's getting paid exactly what she deserves." <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> it's more like there's like there's a quality about you. There's a mm-hmm. there's there's a there's a thing that that allows for for freedom in in terms of the interactions that you have with others, and, and they pick up on it. They may not they may never know what it is, you know, but they pick up on it. Uh, so, so that's, that's one there. Um, the other part that I think is, the other part that I think is important when it comes to this here, um, is into your own personal story. Um, and there are, I just recently had a conversation with someone who was telling me about her experience, um, with, with health and she went, she, she went to a naturopath and they were having conversations with around what food she should be eating and nutrition and things there. Uh, and the conversation kind of continued on into other areas of her life. Uh, and what, in our, during our conversation where, where it basically landed is, you know, how we do anything is how we do everything. Yes. Literally, you just took that out of my brain. I literally mm. was thinking that and you just said it. That's, that's amazing. Well, I appreciate you putting that out into the world. Made it easy for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, like, like to, the, to the point so where, where I come from from that is, um, like, in what, in what other areas are we, let's say, like, holding back what other areas are we holding back? If this is if this is just maybe one representation of how other things are taking place in your life, right? Are you holding back from a con- another conversation that's really important? Are you holding back from uh, taking a relationship deeper than it than it um, than it currently is? Are you holding back from expressing uh, expressing yourself uh, in your relationships, in your uh, with your family, with your friends? Um, are you holding back on your dreams? You know, if, if, if are you going and saying, am I, can I even do this? Are you shrinking? Like, and for different people will have different things, um, that, that are coming up there. But I think that, uh, it's, it ends up being a really interesting place to just ask yourself, like, what's driving what's happening here? Where else in my life am I? Oh, this is, this is what I like. Uh, what else in my life am I tolerating? Mm. 
that's that's what I like. To, I love to, to work with my clients on to go through and say, what are your standards of life? What are your standards and what are you tolerating? Because you get what you tolerate. Mm-hmm. Get what you tolerate in life. There's so it's so funny, Dorian. In the last like few months, how many people have come up and I've asked them. I've said, take me to that moment where where it shifted for you. Take me to the moment where like you had your aha, and they'll explain the story, and then they'll say something along the lines of, and then I had enough. I was not going to tolerate that anymore. It was like no way. I'm done. You know, variations of that. And then they started getting completely different results. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it, and, and what's interesting to me is like the moment that they said they were no longer tolerating this in their life is when it started to go away. But up until that point, they kept getting more of it. So I think just going back to that here, like if this is a representation, if this is not just salary, where else is this showing up in your life? What else are you holding yourself back for? Where else are you not allowing yourself to fully be valued for what makes you awesome? Mm-hmm. Where else aren't you speaking up? Mm-hmm. What important conversations should be happening? What important places where, like, should you be the voice that speaks up on behalf of others or speaks up on behalf of yourself, speaks up on for for a a cause, speaks up for something that that can't speak for itself, and you're not doing it. And this is where this is where we had talked a little bit about uh, confidence when we talk about coming from. Like, for me, confidence is a result. It is not a prerequisite. It is a result of actions. Hmm. Now, you may not consistently go up and have um, conversations around, like, around your salary, right? But the, the components of, of what we discussed here, the components of what might have been keeping you back from, from progressing along a uh, trajectory that, uh, that would have had you in that salary, all those things, you know, if, you're able to just, if you're able to address them in other areas, it will compound and work its way toward those conversations. Mm-hmm. So, so I'd like to look at it from the standpoint of really, what does this, what does this represent? What does this represent? And what, like, how else are these areas, the, these things that are holding you back from being paid what you deserve or what you know, yet, but you know, your, your value is, um, what else is, what, how else is it uh, showing up in your life? What else is holding you back? And, you know, how, and the question becomes, how are you keeping those things out of your life? Mm-hmm. And it's 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 not a it's not a conversation that I think a lot of people have. And I'll be honest with you, Dorian. Probably six months ago, I've been really uncomfortable having this conversation like this, mm-hmm. right? Because I would have been much more along the lines of like, you know what? People are going to be listening to this. This should be really tactical. Like, boom, boom, boom. Let me do this step. Do this step. Do that step. Uh, I'm over that because there's so much information out there. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, and, that, and, that, and, that's, and that's what you said. Like, if you want the information, go go get it that way. Mm-hmm. But like, my question is, who are you being? Who are you being? And are you being the person that demands what you are worth? Yeah, I think this is so powerful because, yeah, exactly. Like, you can Google the five steps to asking for a raise, and if. If it worked for every single person, then no one, there would be no gender gap. There would be none of these things, right? People would be getting paid what they want, done. But there's so much more to it. There's so many different aspects. And one of the things specifically for, you know, like all things being equal, 
for why women are, are getting paid less, a lot of times it's because they're not asking. And then to your point about asking why, why are they not asking? Because they don't feel like, who knows? I'm not going to speak for all the women out there, but there's a reason why they're not asking. And I would, you know, bet a dollar <laughs> that we've touched on one of the reasons here in this conversation, like whether it's not having the confidence, whether it's not having to create that safe space, whether it's thinking that someone's going to think you're the aggressor in the conversation. There's a lot of psychological things at play. It's mm -hmm. bigger than just asking, hey, can I get $25,000 more? It's bigger than that. There's mm -hmm. so many things that are holding us back. And I think your point about, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yes. If you cannot speak up for this, what else? What else? And it's just a ripple effect. And think about all of the other things that you want to do in your career. And if you can't get over this hump, you know, are you going to get to those other levels? And who knows, the sky's the limit, how many things you can accomplish. But being able to speak up for yourself, being able to stand up for yourself, being able to have these real conversations with yourself, with your friends, with your manager, all of this is, these are important parts of the journey. And I think not a lot of people are thinking about these things. You know, yes, we could have had a tactical conversation. Yes, we could have. But there are a lot of people who listen to my podcast, listen to your podcast, listen to all these podcasts. They get all this information, they take all these notes, and they do nothing with it. So it really is a matter of let's take a step back. Let's think about, you know, beyond the money, what's at stake here? And then you decide, okay, am I ready to stop tolerating this and move forward and demand in life, not just my salary, but just demand from life what I deserve? That. That right there, demanding from life what you deserve. I'm, I'm actually getting goosebumps right now <laughs> as you said that. And then, and the reason, like, because that that's it. Then the salary is just another thing. It's just one of the things. It's and again, going back to that level of detachment. It's like no, 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 no. This is how I live my life. You know, the salary is just not in line with it. I live my life as a place where I come from a place of honesty. I live my life from a, like, and I'm just putting everything in alignment. And then it's just like this is just one component of many. You know, and it, and it doesn't, it takes away the, the weight behind it all and it allows you to come in there and just completely different. Actually, that's not, that's not true. Dorian, I, I, I realized this the other week. It's like, I don't help people like transform into like completely different people. That's not my game. When people work with me, when people spend time with me, they leave more of themselves than they've ever been before in their life. That's that's what that's where this is coming from. What do you like? What do you demand of your life? Mm -hmm. Love it. How do you how do you want to be? And then become from that place. Mm -hmm. And then all of these things take care of it. It's like if I want to be, you know, X person, then X person speaks up for themselves. And if they're feeling, if they're, you know, in an environment that's not inclusive, they're going to talk about it or find another environment or create their own environment. If they're not being paid what they want, then they're going to ask for that. They're going to do the research and ask for it. Like, this is what this person does. And I just feel like if a lot of people start from that place, oh my God, like this, it's the sky's the limit, really. Sky, sky is the limit. And then it doesn't matter what anyone else is saying their actions were, because you know you. You know, like, you're like, all right, well, this is what this person would do. And that's why I don't spend a lot of time on actions because it's like every person has their own way of filtering things and what, what, they, what, what would work for them and not. So it's like, if we can get down to just be you or at least be more you, mm -hmm. you know, uh, 
from that place, the actions will naturally take place. The action will naturally take place. And you don't have to just wait until you're in the work context to be you. Because it, it works in the opposite direction, right? How we do anything is how we do everything. Mm-hmm. So we can do things outside of work to have that bring into our work context. Yeah. And then we can set up, we can create the space or set the agreements to allow that to be to be what it is. I dance at my desk, Dorianne. You, you see me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and it's like, and it's not something a lot of people would do. Not, a lot, not something a lot of people feel like they could do, right? I've never gone to a place where I haven't done that. And like people are like, oh, that's just Nemo. Oh, that's just Nemo. Mm-hmm. Like it, it feels, it's weird how it could be applied to other people, but when it's applied to you, it doesn't seem to be the case. So what if it was the case where it's like, it's like, wow, I can't believe that, you know, someone came up, like this person came up and talked to me. Of course she would come and talk to you about this. That's just who she is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's not a, not a bad thing. Not a, like, it just is. It's, it, and it's really fun, I've found playing from this place this is why this is why i like i i'm all about joy and i'm like the what i found to be the number one thing to lead to joy is if you're able to just be you and to to celebrate and embrace that for yourself and other people other people love it Mm -hmm. (laughs) like there are gonna be some people in your life that are like whoa what's going on why like what's happening is if you're if you are saying like no longer going to tolerate these things in my life i have to put it out there not everyone's gonna love it Mm -hmm. not everyone's gonna love it However, this thing may not, it, it's not necessarily a reflection of you. It might be that it's probably more a reflection on them. And the fact that like you're out there doing things that, um, that they wish that they, that they were, you know, you're, you've done something where, wait, we were on the same boat and now all of a sudden she's taken off and has this completely different trajectory, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm up there. Yeah, I think that even plays into, you know, employers too. Sometimes people think, I'm not going to negotiate, you know, on this job. What if they take back the offer? What if they get upset? Well, if you're comfortable working for a place where you can't even raise the question, then I don't know. I I just would not be comfortable. If I can't even say, hey, let's talk about X, Y, and Z. And they're like, oh, how dare you? How could you ask that? Then you know what? I'm glad we had this conversation. Now I see how things are. And I don't want to work here. So yes. again, these are things that are easier said than done, but I'm, uh, you, I want people to get to this place where they, again, understand their worth. They know what they're tolerating. They know that, like Beyonce said, you know, get more money later. Like it's always there. You'll always get it. It's all, it's all good. You know, I just want people to come from that place. So I really, really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much, Nemo. I want you to tell the listeners where they can find you. Where can they learn more about enjoyment and you and, you know, this idea of belonging and authenticity and all the amazing things that you talk about. Absolutely. And thank you, Dorian, for just having me on here. Thank 